Dream finders and figments, cakes and candles, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Jen Diz. And that's Mike TV. We are kicking off our Patreon takeover with an exciting episode all about celebrating Disney anniversaries, past, present, and future, including Mickey Mouse, Epcot, Haunted Mansion, and the upcoming 100 Years of Disney. It's our anniversary. Remember that song from by Tony Tony I Tony? I do. Yep. Tony Tony Tony. That was Tony, like Tony. when R&B started getting like married up. Like yeah. Before it was just like sexy, sexy, let's do these and these things. And then it started to be like, let's get together and be my wifey. Yeah. There was <laughs> a, that Drew Hill song, which is really good still because there's like a hip hop version that's not the slow one. Um, Gonna get married. Let's get married. Is that what it's called? Let's get married. married. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an anniversary themed episode. We have a lot of anniversaries to talk about today, uh, which is really fun. And of course, it's the kickoff of our Patreon takeover. Yahoo! Patreon takeovers are always so much fun. We're very excited to get launched and going on that. Yes. I was just telling you right before the show that these are my favorite episodes to put together because it's like the most fun homework you could ever be given. And it's from <laughs> our uh, listeners and Patreons. So right. There go. I've always loved it and I could never really put it into words that well. And that's exactly how I feel about it. It's like, thanks. This is like an assignment, but I'm so excited to complete it. That never happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> Me and my sister, Michelle, when we were little... Uh, she's five years older than me, so she was basically always just um, like manipulating what we would do. Like she would just use like Angelica, but not in a bad way from Rugrats. But uh, when we were younger, I guess I must have been like seven. She was like 12. We would go into the study room, which we had. It was just a small Aww. extra room with the, all the encyclopedias that my dad bought. And, you know, there was no Internet. So you had whatever was there and it was marked at that point in time when they bought it. So if anything changed in history, it doesn't matter. But anyways, we would uh, <laughs> close our eyes and run our fingers across the spines of the books and you would just stop. And then whatever that letter was, you had to do a presentation on it in front of our oh my parents. God, I love it. And I loved it so much. It was so fun. I remember doing ones like um, like an ostrich. I remember that for some reason is very vivid. And yeah, we would do that and we would do presentations. Nerdy. That's very interesting. I also used to spend a lot of time with our stack of encyclopedias. However, I was basically an only child at that point. So I read to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Read to yourself, presented to yourself. Right. (laughs) Uh, So just last week, right? Last week, October 1st, is Epcot's birthday. Was Epcot's birthday celebrating 40 years since the park opened very cool. I've been following a lot of people's like Instagrams and some YouTubes. How about you? Um, you know what? First of all, when it dawned on me that this is Epcot's 40th, first thing I thought of was like, oh my God, I'm older than Epcot. 
<laughs> Did that wait, hit you too? <laughs> wait, you are. I am the same age as Epcot. Thank you very much. Wait, <laughs> how old am I? <laughs> I think oh, yeah. I'm are 40. you two years younger than me? I'm 1981, but November. So oh, no, you're 40 so not till for next sure. Month, right? What are you? You're 40. You're almost 41. Yeah. So yes, you're I, I always get confused near November. Okay. All right. So I'm as <laughs> old as Octo- as Epcot, just a year younger, actually. I mean, Epcot's a month. One month. You. One month younger. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're going to be 40. 41. Yeah. So Epcot. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, so I'm a I'm You're 11, 11 months, months young, younger, older than Epcot. There you go. 11 months older than Epcot. Oh my gosh, the math here. That is was a whole very thing. Difficult. That was hard today. It and this hard. is why I am a creative <laughs> right. person, and not a mathematician. So yeah, I was um, really busy over the weekend, to be completely honest. So I didn't get to follow along as much as I had liked. So I didn't see too much. However, when I did kind of surf through social media and whatnot i didn't see that much did you see a lot of things going on other than like pins i saw a lot about pins what i did see was they did do a um celebration specific for that morning you know with basically what we wanted at disney world 50th oh okay (laughs) they did here at epcot it didn't have celebrities and like a bunch of entertainment but it was a commencement speech and it, with executives and the you know all that okay and um and it was just for the people that were there so i'm wondering if if they've listened to the feedback and this is why they did it or did they was it a coincidence they already planned to do epcot differently what do you think i don't know this feels like it, the magic kingdom 50th anniversary felt like the first time they didn't right so i yeah. can't necessarily say it's they were listening to us it's like they like couldn't pull it off or something or forgot i don't know what was going on that's a good way that one seems like the most obvious to have that moment at right more than epcot because it's like the first walt disney world park so like yeah come on i also saw on um on instagram there were a lot of people posting that paid for that special event that happened that day the ticketed event for people who wanted to be part of the anniversary oh that's right the one that That's came right, with like the gift card that. and random shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, it looked like they got some stuff like a uh, a pass that goes around your neck and a commemorative map. A few things like that that I saw held up. Uh, nothing like extraordinary, but still cool and, and nostal- or um, memorabilia. But what I noticed the most was these long queues that people were waiting hours for to get into the creation shop for the Epcot merch that... I also saw people telling others that, by the way, it's available on ShopDisney.com right now. Everything that oh, was in there. Oh, no. So I don't know. Maybe really it's all the of excitement. It? That's what they said. But I I would think, I would hope the stuff that said October 1, 2022 was not on Shop Jeez Disney. Louise. Right? I mean, that would be worth yeah. waiting in line if you wanted to collect that type of day of. Thing. Yeah, I've had it. What what just happened recently where people are like, oh, it's on shopdisney.com. And then I go look and it's just not. There's a couple items that are, but then right. not everything is. So let's hope it was similar because that would be very sad. So um, sad. Yeah. But um, yeah, I hope I guess uh, the big Epcot fans were there. So it had a, a pretty cool turnout. Uh, but yeah, it was just like, uh, it, it just triggered me. And I started thinking about Magic Kingdom again and that there was nothing <laughs> on stage. 
Uh, but That's, that was crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Anyways, Epcot is a great park, fantastic park. Happy 40th. It is. And it's becoming even better. There's a bunch of updates coming out. Uh, hopefully, some of these D23 Expo updates that weren't necessarily updates. I guess they were just updates. That's what it was. So, correct update. Yeah, like project not progress so much. update. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully, those will roll out soon. We'll get some of those walls taken away and get to see Epcot in its original beauty. But in the meantime, we have some Epcot fun facts that. Some might know, some might not, but these are kind of fun. So first off, Spaceship Earth itself, right? The big, like people call it the golf the ball, golf the ball. big yeah. weenie. The weenie. It's the weenie of the park. Um, and it's uh, a geodef- geodesic sphere. And it's made of 11,324 aluminum and plastic alloy triangles. That's a mouthful. <laughs> And the dome weighs 16 million pounds. That is insane. That's the one that gets me is that that, <laughs> that fun fact. 16 million. I can't even like understand <laughs> how big. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it, I've always had these like thoughts of like, you know, post-apocalyptic movies and stuff of that ball just like rolling, like falling over and rolling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now that I know it's 16 million pounds. Lord, it would just crush damage. things, yeah. Unless you were Seriously. lucky to be in the gap of one of the geodesic aluminum oh plastic God, alloy so cool. triangles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, all right, so then moving over to living with the land, which some of those people on the 40th anniversary had like cut the line privileges to. Right? It came with what? their special pass, Crazy. so they got to save like about 43 seconds maybe. 43 whole seconds. And when they after they saved those 43 seconds, they would find out that fruits and vegetables were actually real on the attraction. And they're, they are currently used to make food for guests at the Garden Grill and Sunshine Seasons. That's so cool. So if you eat in that, that same plaza or uh, pavilion, you will be eating the actual fruit and vegetables that people spend 43 seconds in line waiting for (laughs) that's so cool i feel like that's one of uh one of the few remaining like very epcot um full circle things to do with an attraction and in a pavilion with the restaurant inside right right absolutely uh, like you could kind of uh, live there i guess right like zombie apocalypse it's already ready to go you know what can i make a shout out are there any living with the land stands out there? Like hardcore. I want to hear why you like this attraction so much. Yeah. And you I can't be, you have to be old school. You can't be someone who just joined the bandwagon like me over the last two years where I'm like, oh yeah, it's so cool and fun now. Uh, but yeah, I do want to know if there's any hardcore stands out there. That's a fun one. Yeah. I want to hear about it. Write into us. Let us know because I am going to interrogate you and you better have questions and answers for all of the things. Just saying, because I need to know. I need to understand. (laughs) All right. Well, next door, we have The Seas. Um, It's an aquarium in the Disney Sea, or I'm sorry, the aquarium in The Seas attraction, which is called The Seas with Nemo and Friends, holds 5.7 million gallons of water. We're back up into this crazy high millions. It's so huge. Insane. So for, uh, for context, one of the world's largest Aquariums is in Atlanta, Georgia, with 6.3 million gallons. So just a little bit larger in the entire world. So crazy. And I remember, because we grew up in the Bay Area, 
And I was looking into Monterey Bay Aquarium when we were looking at these fun facts. And even Monterey Bay, which to me, I thought that was the world's largest for some reason. But I guess because we just grew up near it. Um, that place. The Bay Area's largest. Or <laughs> right. It must be maybe California. <laughs> California. <laughs> um, but it's really beautiful. Also, uh, Nemo Part 2, what is it? Finding Dory. They go there to that aquarium. But uh, that one is huge. And I found that it's like sprawling. So there's there are two million gallon tanks. So they're not as big as Epcot's, but there's a whole bunch of them. Like different biomes, oh. uh, but yeah, I just just crazy. I forgot how cool aquariums are. Like every time I get off that ride, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take a look a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, sit there and stare at the whatever they have swimming around at the moment. Yep. <laughs> just like wow, um, it is very relaxing. But currently, you can see three dolphins living there. Rainier, is that how you pronounce that? R A N I E R. Rainier, Calvin, and Malabar. And then they did have a fourth named Kyber, named after Kyber crystals. Just that's kidding. Su- that's such a cool but name. Regardless, like I don't Kyber. know where it came from. It's very cool. Um, but they died in 2018 at the age of 26. Oh wow! I didn't know how long dolphins <laughs> live for. It may have been because we said we just said it opened in 1982. Star Wars was popular, right? Yeah, but were kyber crystals? I feel like, yeah, that was yet? like backstory that came later, right? <laughs> Either that or it's in the books, which maybe one of the people knew. Ooh. It was like super hardcore Star Wars person back then. Very cool. Interesting. Um, so the dolphin tank, by the way, you can, I think it reopened since COVID, but you can swim with the dolphins. Um, of course, it's a you have to pay extra. It's like one of the tours. Um, but in order to do like the dive with them, you have to be Patty Scuba certified. And I have wow. been tempted to do this because guess what? I am Patty Scuba certified. Did you know that? What? <laughs> Not know that about you. Dun, dun. Okay, so here's the catch. Wait, this is from one of the cruises you went on, isn't it? No, but they do do that. I've seen that. <laughs> um, or you could get like, you can get part of it and then you keep going or something. But. Um, I got certified when I was in the Philippines. I was 25 years old, and I went there to spend about a year there to work at this film school. So that's a whole other story. But um, (laughs) when I was there, like all the things that the most popular thing for the expats, so other people who were working at that school that flew in or lived from other places as well. So we we would all sort of bond. Like there's people from like Germany and Spain and Japan, Singapore, whatever. Um, But we all got scuba certified because it was dirt cheap to do in the Philippines. And it was like literally around the corner from like the like barracks thing we were all living at. Um, So we did it. I did it over like, I think one month. And so over each weekend I would do it until I got certified. And it's really cool. You start off in a big pool until you get familiar with all the uh, logistics. And then you have to take a lot of exams, which is like very hard. It was very hard. It was like DMV type of questions Ooh. and like trick questions. And you're like, well, they all sound right. Oh, my God. Uh, but the, the purpose is so that you don't A, drown. B, you <laughs> don't drown someone else. <laughs> or C, very important. so you don't hurt the environment. So those are like three big important uh, parts of the certification and it was fun i went pretty deep in the you know philippines so it was like really cool coral reefs really nice and blue wow pretty um, but it is effing scary it is so scary <laughs> it's one of the scariest <laughs> things and back then i wasn't diagnosed with any 
anxiety disorders. I was not on medication. And I don't know how I did it. It's pure anxiety when you're down there. But I guess I must have been so relaxed. But you can't. You Maybe that's where this all stemmed from. It could be. <laughs> Just thinking now, I'm holding your breath. So you, you to give you some details of what it's like, you cannot um, breathe through your nose. So you're only breathing through your mouth. That alone already is weird to me in, in on land. And then you um, you can't if you panic or you just want it to be done like game over main menu you can't just swim to the top or else you'll get what's called the bends no. because of the the oxygen and the weight. Oh shoot! You have to go like slowly. You have to go real slow, like left, oh right, like gosh. zigzag, or go real slowly with these like weights and you undo the weights. And yeah, so even if you're panicking, you can't do that because if you do that, oh my god, your your limbs will curl inside and you'll crush yourself. And it's actually, there's actually a Radiohead song <laughs> about it. And I didn't know what it was until I went training. And I was like, oh, that's what the Radiohead song is about. Oh, my uh, But goodness. yeah, so the whole thing is pretty scary. And I'm telling you all of this because at age 40, right, we just discussed, I, I can't do that anymore. I don't think I could do it. And so it doesn't matter if you're certified. I don't think I have the, the balls to do it anymore. Oh. even in a contained tank like the dolphin one so anyways i would love to do it maybe if someone else Aww. did it with me maybe that would be nice or you know i could also go get recertified which might feel better um, yeah but, maybe yeah. just do at least do like another lesson or something real quick yeah do you think that does it still last like is it like lifetime certification to or? my knowledge yeah like they keep sending stuff to my parents address she's always like do you want oh this oh my god i, I like, love no, it I that's so weird and random <laughs> it is it is very <laughs> random uh, but i mean maybe that's incentive so if anybody listening has thought about getting certified the incentive as a disney holic is then you can go and do this really unique experience at epcot and swim with the dolphins and you could see the per the people so next time you're in that uh gallery look around if you see like multiple divers it's probably a diving host and then guests ah. actually diving so cool wow that's crazy yeah. i saw a dolphin do something crazy on a tv show that i didn't know they could do and it was like I think they go on, they like tip their head back and then blow through their blowhole and it goes like it, you know what I mean? With the water, oh. like it blows bubbles. I was like, what? That was so like human like. I don't know. Dolphins are so smart. They it's are amazing. so smart. They always say that if they had a thumb, a posable thumb, that they would have full on cities down there. Like they'd taken over the world yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's <was> terrifying. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Actually, uh, I was reading more, too, about uh, Rainier, Calvin, and Malabar, and Kyber. Um, Malabar sounds like a, a chocolate. And a couple <laughs> of those dolphins were um, rescues. So not rescues, but retired dolphins. So they didn't go out and just steal dolphins like SeaWorld does. Whoops. Ooh, um, they, they took on these uh, dolphins the same way that the cat lady in tiger king does like they're either from it's like a refuge a wildlife retirement home they, yeah they came from right, zoos right. or abused or whatever but in this case a couple of the dolphins came from the u.s navy and they were those trained dolphins what? that can do all those weird things so when you were With saying the lasers that, on them lasers, that from? <laughs> they could like <laughs> knock a torpedoes in the wrong direction that are coming oh toward my you. god it's really really interesting that, that whole world. wow <laughs> dolphins well, dang, now I'm even scared to get in the water with them just because they're way too smart. Yeah, <laughs> like, if they're having a bad scuba day, abilities. they're going to drown you. 
Wow. So that was a whole lot about dolphins. <laughs> but there's another uh, character over in Epcot that we have another fun fact about that I think I love just as much as dolphins, and that's Figment. Yay. And it was just a fun fact. This is one of those sponsorship things. You know, we hear about them in all the parks, especially when Disneyland first opened. Like, everything had a sponsorship. And uh, Kodak was a sponsor of the Imagination Pavilion. And they, the, I guess the first rendition of Figment was a green dragon, right? It seems kind of yeah. normal. Like, you'd probably see a green dragon. Right? If That's like the default color. The, the, the right, natural yeah, color. default <laughs> dragon color. And, uh, but Kodak's like, uh-uh, Fuji's main color is green. And we don't want to have the competition's color all over our cute little dragon. So the Imagineers jumped up a purple dragon instead. And then Kodak approved. And if you notice, the shirt he wears is yellow with red striping on it or like a, I don't know how you say it, oh, like on the edges. Oh my gosh, I and did not colors. know that. I did not put that together. That <laughs> is really cool because I was like, purple is cool, but it's not Kodak color. And then this finishes it off. It's the icing on the cake. Oh. They're like, oh, we'll just put a, a shirt on him with our colors. There you go. <laughs> that is so cute. Oh, Very cute. Um, well, co- he's like permanently Kodak now, even though it's not sponsored any longer. Whoops, except when he has but. his holiday sweater on. Oh, yeah, right. that's right. I don't know what color that is. In my mind, it's blue and white, but I actually don't know. That's funny. I was picturing red and white. It, sh- it could still be the same colors as Kodak, but like snowflakes. Red and yellow. Red and yellow. <laughs> um, well, that's pretty cool. Those fun facts. A lot of those are up front in Future World. And I brought along today some fun facts from the other side of Epcot World Showcase. And, sure. you know, the the debate that I always hear, uh, funny or not, whatever, is, you know, which way do you go when you enter World Showcase from Future World? Do you go toward Mexico first, which would be clockwise, or do you go toward Canada, which would be anti-clockwise or counterclockwise? Uh, what do you do? Mexico all day, every day. Yeah, same, same here. And I would say, um, even with you, and if I go by myself too, I've I've been entering a lot now through the France area. So then this doesn't apply mm-hmm. as yeah. much, right? If you start at the back of the park, <laughs> right? But from that there, where do you go? Loop. You know what? I generally just don't go too much to that whole other side of the world showcase i think like i think that's why i go to mexico first from future world is because it's it's like it's right there right. the canada pavilion feels like it's like you have to trek a while to get there and it looks like there's nothing over there yeah but the mexico pavilion you can see very easily and it's like it's calling it's also you. like a temple instead of just like a building right it so has its, its like own weenie too. basically yeah, exactly. So Mexican weenie. Um, my eyes are attracted to that weenie and I go straight <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, in France, I guess like to the, what would that be? Toward That's Mexico. north, like to the east of it. I don't really know what else there is. Is Japan, I think a little bit further and then Canada. Yeah, so you'd be going counterclockwise after entering from the back entrance, right? Right, yeah. right. That's interesting. Yeah, because also all the attractions are on that side, right? The yeah. Mexican. Because if you go right, straight after entering, it's England and then Canada, and that's it. I think so. You know what you should do? You should come in at the France thing on your friendship boat, and then you should get on another friendship boat, go across the lagoon, get dropped off, and then start with Mexico. <laughs> 
I finally did that. Now I can't remember. All my trips are mixed. I don't know if it was with you or by myself. I finally did it, but I entered through the Epcot side. I haven't gone on it in a long time. Okay, so, so it, it must have been me. recent by yeah. myself. Yeah, I got on it through the Epcot side and took it over to like I guess the American thing, um, right? Which is which was nice. It was fun. <laughs> there was like no Cute. queue for it. <laughs> Highly recommend. Um, okay, so. The reason why I asked you all these questions is because uh, the length of walking from Mexico all the way around World Showcase to Canada is 1.2 miles long. Now, that doesn't seem as long as it feels. (laughs) It feels like maybe two miles. What do you think? I don't know. Does that sound right? It feels pretty long. Like... For some reason, when I hear how many miles I walk a day at the parks, it's like mind blowing. I'm like, I don't walk. What do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm not a walker, but I I walk 20 miles a day. Like, that sounds insane. So, with that in mind, it seems more logical. But, um, but yeah, it does feel like just forever, especially when you're like halfway through it. Then you just keep walking, and it's like nothing's yeah. happening. And you're like, come on, come on. And then navigating the crowds, that can be. Yes. Yep. Got to yeah. go there when it's not time for the uh, nighttime spectacular. <laughs> spectacular. That's messy. When was the last time you went inside of the China Pavilion? Um, I think on my last trip, I did a lot of World Showcase when I was soloing there for whatever reason. I don't know where you were. <laughs> yeah, where that day when I? I had that Japanese meal that I didn't realize was like a Benihana setup. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. I just wanted a okay. sushi roll. Like I was kind of going through all the pavilions that, that nice. day. So not too long ago. Um, I went to, oh, I haven't been in a while. I want to go back in it. Um, there's also a restaurant there that doesn't get the best reviews, but I would still eat there for the ambiance Chinese restaurant. It's like a P.F. Chang's, you know. I'll take it. I like their shopping stuff there. Oh, like knickknacks and abubuts. Yeah. Um, Do you know what abubuts is? No. In Tagalog, in the Filipino language, abubuts means basically all this stuff that I bring back from Disneyland. It's just like little junky things that have no functional purpose. And that you thought were cute and then you're over by the time you get home. Yeah. Like everything (laughs) you see like in a Sanrio store is a boobuts and it's like a waste. They think it's like a waste of money if you use that word. It's like. Do you have Daiso out there? No. What is that? Oh my God. That is. It's like a Japanese dollar store basically. It's from Japan originally and like everything is cute. Everything and everything's like a dollar or a dollar fifty or something. Like. I want it all. It's a hot mess because I want everything in there. (laughs) And um, they have a partnership with Disney, so they have a lot of Disney oh, official stuff in there too. So it's, it's shoot, yeah, cheap Disney cheap stuff things. that is hard to come by, yep. like well branded stuff. Um, you remember that story went to in the the New Park Mall that had a lot of Marvel stuff in it, and it was very cute, little things. I vaguely remember. Anyway, it was similar to that. But. Okay, <laughs> like collectors would like to go in there too, maybe. And yeah. and th- um, anyways, uh, China Pavilion. I found out that the reflection music video, which I me- I also Stop remember vividly, it. yeah, uh, with Christina Aguilera, that music video was recorded inside of the China Pavilion. Love it. What so they the heck? they've used it as a location. That's so interesting, and uh, I just never thought about. It. There's just like Chinese architecture in the background. It's a little bit blurry too in the background. Um, 
but yeah she saw it hilarious very funny very cool huh uh germany pavilion we all know the train right you you are familiar with the train that drives around the front the miniature train miniature Mm -hmm. uh i found out that it changes with the season so like in spring the village is decorated for the epcot flower and garden festival and in the fall they have tables out because it's food and wine festival with little small tables and small foods and then in the winter they put holiday decorations on so now i'm gonna look at it i gotta pay attention cute i think what is it flower and garden they had snow white out there not as a meet and greet, but her hedge. Is that what it's called? Yeah. that. So that's how I found out that. I didn't, that she's Germany, <laughs> right? That she's from Germany. Yeah. I didn't realize a lot of these like old school Disney characters had like ethnicities at all. Like right. I just thought of them as like this like cartoon character. Far, right? far away. Just somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then Danielle and I were there like way back in 2007 and we saw Snow White in Germany. And we're like. Wait, and we like picture the like house that she's living in. I'm like, it's totally like <laughs> right. it does I make just never sense. Thought yeah. about it, and then they had all the different characters at the different um, locations. Like Pinocchio was in Italy, et cetera, et cetera. So just that's another one. Cute. Even as a like a grown, more grown person, I didn't think about Pinocchio, which is so obvious. Is Italy? Yeah. I just never thought of it. I thought it was just a storybook land world. Right? Whatever. Yeah. Aww. Uh, there were also a lot of countries that uh, were not represented when Epcot opened. And there are still many that people want to uh, hopefully see one day. But I found out that in the year 2000, in the year 2000, I can't believe we're, it's 2022 right now. It's like in the future. But back in the year 2000, uh, when everybody was doing millennial everything like everything was the millennium version of something y2k um epcot got in on the fun too and they had something called the millennium pavilion that year and it was an expo for dozens of different countries that don't have permanent pavilions so almost like a mini world's fair it seems they brought them in and anyone who wanted to come in and sponsor their nation um, they had the opportunity to do that. Oh, like, it was like legit people from those nations. It wasn't just like yeah. Disney's version. Yeah. That's really cool. Very cool. And, you know, obviously there wasn't any rides or anything like that, but they were able to um, showcase food, showcase their um, shopping. There, there was stuff to buy. And then, you know, they wanted you to learn the stories and talk to the people. And I think that's really cool. I, I was reading on um, a blog and like the comments there about this and <laughs> blog. blog. <laughs> I know I said it really <laughs> weird. I didn't know what to say. I was like, I don't know if anymore, like what I read and where it came from. Like, was it a Reddit or a blog? Uh, but the point is people were pretty unanimous about Epcot needing to just bring this as a permanent pavilion. What do you think? Yeah, they. Sh- I think they should. Right. And then it's like That'd a soft cool. launch. Maybe a country can decide to upgrade to a pavilion after Ooh. a while, you know, test out the waters. Um, I think it'd be really cool. But I also have a short list of some of the pavilions that almost happened at Epcot. <laughs> uh, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times on the podcast. So uh, there's a few that I wanted to highlight. Venezuela is one, and this was interesting because they actually fully and formally announced Venezuela as a pavilion in 1981, the year I was born. 
And uh, it was supposed to have food offerings, merchandise that was imported from that country. And the ride or the attraction would have been an aerial tram-like ride through a tropical rainforest is how it was described. That's very interesting because that sounds extremely familiar to what they were supposed to do in the land pavilion. Oh, that was What if they're just going to bring it on over <laughs> right. and do it over there Yeah, instead? bring the, the blueprints and let Venezuela pay for it. That's well, it crazy. all fell through, <laughs> so it never happened. Um, it also sounds like something that might be more... Um, it would fit in more at Animal Kingdom now that they also have like countries mm-hmm. there too. Right. So that could be nice there. So maybe one day it'll come back in another way. Another uh, country was Switzerland, which seems just very Disney and Walt Disney-like. Um, so I am surprised <laughs> there is no Switzerland right now. Uh, but back in 1984, all the way through 1987, this project was in development. And it would have had what they were calling a sequel attraction to the Matterhorn. So the, a sequel to the story, a sequel to it as a predecessor in spirit um, and larger. And it would have been back there. So, Wow. Pretty cool bobsled. I mean, people are always so surprised when they find out that there isn't a Matterhorn in Disney World. So that would have solved that. Yeah, we could just be like, (laughs) Unless the sequel had nothing to do with the Matterhorn itself being a part of the attraction. But it seems like you kind of have to have it if you're going to represent. Yeah, you'd be like, no, head over to Epcot. They have like this Matterhorn right there. You'd say Right. Um, So gone. 1987 fell through. Another one, and this is more recent, was Spain, España. Why did I say that Italian like España? España. <laughs> so, so in Sp- uh, Spain, uh, back in the 2010s, again, so not that long ago, in the teens, they did have a project in development that also fell through. And the thing that was most talked about when I was looking up descriptions and when this was announced in development was this signature Epcot restaurant that would have came to the World Showcase that served delicious Spanish tapas and sangria. That is, like, so sad that it does not exist. <laughs> it sounds so that fun. That would have been our um, Nomad Lounge of Epcot. Yes, that would be so <laughs> cool. What a good place to just go and have some bites and drinks. Um, so that did not happen. Hopefully it will happen again soon. Um, there were some fan theories and some speculation to why this did not happen. Uh, this is not official, but uh, I was reading that there was some sort of connection to the project called gigantic do you remember we heard about that animated film at yeah D23 yeah expo right they announced it it was maybe 2017 i can't remember um but it was disney's take on jack and the beanstalk animated not the mickey version but a full-on feature film with music written by uh the same people who did frozen and it took place in spain and the kid was spanish and so they said that uh, the fans are saying there was a connection there so when that movie fell through they were speculating that uh, since the film never happened, the pavilion never happened. So the two things just both fell through. That's what they think. Womp. So Womp. Could be. Could <laughs> be. And then the last one I wanted to bring up was has strictly been rumors, nothing official that I could find, was Australia, which is glaringly missing in both Epcot World Showcase and Animal Kingdom, right? Right. You know, it's they a do full have, on continent that we're like, ignoring. I was thinking of other continents, like uh, there's not even any South America, is there? I don't think so. That's why they really need Venezuela. I think there's that one little like 
stand yeah, there's that's a, Africa a little stuff. corner. There was once supposed to be something called Equatorial Africa. That was a pavilion. That was like another one that fell through at some point. Um, but yeah, there really isn't. And I, J- Jerry is going to be mad because I don't know the answer to this. Is Morocco in Africa or Europe? Africa. Okay, so that might be the only one. There is a Morocco. Oh, that's right, Morocco. You're right. You're right. Okay. But it doesn't feel like, I know what you mean, like equatorial Africa, like how we yeah. see it in the movies and things, that particular part of Africa in the continent. Yeah, not represented, right. but definitely represented in Animal Kingdom. So that they have Yes. That. You know, it's funny, as you're mentioning that earlier, too, I was like, oh, yeah, there are a bunch of countries in Animal Kingdom. I wonder, like, why they decided to do that. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I mean, uh, I like it, but I'm just curious of how they decided to turn that almost into a world showcase yeah. as well. It feels like um, Animal Kingdom is, well, Pandora throws it off, is mostly continents, which lets them do a lot of countries within. But then Pandora is thrown in there. <laughs> and then Dino Land USA. Oh, yeah, it is Asia, right? Like as a whole. It's kind of strange. Right. Yeah, there's Asia, Africa, and then there's like the big blue ocean but it's asia still but then dinoland usa and pandora throws <laughs> off it so that's really two there's just two continents <laughs> in my mind i thought there was a lot more weird that's funny very weird um okay so weird. australia never came people wanted to see like a um a theater there that looked like the sydney opera house that was like one of the um oh. armchair imagineering ideas that i kept 98 seeing. degrees could perform there 98 degrees that's where they could do uh <laughs> the rock and roll they could have a second yeah um amphitheater the other one almost burned down last month uh, oh, shoot <laughs> but yeah so that's epcot happy birthday epcot happy for yes happy birthday it's your anniversary uh sorry we couldn't be there but we will try to be there for the 50th. Five zero. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be 52 when they have their 50th barf. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> In the uh, same vein, some other notable Disney anniversaries from the past, present, and the future. Um, this is a topic from straight from our Patreon takeover from one of our patrons named Pamela. So shout out to Pamela. Hey, Pamela. Thank you so much for this recommendation. Um Again, always so much fun going over these, and I know Mike and I both really like diving into some of these more unique anniversaries. So what do you have, Mike? Especially the details. Yeah, I I got lost in some of these details here, uh, but very excited to share uh, a bunch of miscellaneous anniversaries that we thought were notable from past, present, and future. And we're going to start off with the one who started it all, Mickey Mouse. Ooh, so Mickey Mouse, um, I chose two different ones. I chose the 50th birthday because 50 is always a good number. To Usually, peop- usually <laughs> I'm looking at Magic Kingdom. Usually 50 is where a company does like some really big stuff. Right, so right. Uh, Mickey Mouse celebrated his 50th birthday um, in Magic Kingdom. So there we go. And it was super cute. I was looking at pictures of it. Uh, they had Mickey's birthday parade, which was Mickey Mouse and the Main Street Philharmonic. And they did a uh, procession down Main Street. And then they also had a full-on parade. And it had banners. Everything said, Happy Birthday, Mickey Mouse. There was balloons and giant wrapped gift boxes, giant party hats, like giant birthday cards, like rolling down. And then, of course, this huge cake. 
uh, 50th birthday cake. And the characters were from all over Disney. So they had Pooh and friends, Minnie and the usual suspects. But it was the first time they introduced Orville the Albatross, a character from The Rescuers, which released oh. in 1977 that, around that time. That is a... Yeah, that's an interesting addition. <laughs> yeah, I have. I don't think I've seen that character. I definitely have with not. With my own eyes, yeah. Um, that's interesting. So yeah, Mickey Mouse. Most of the celebration was at Disney, at the Disney parks and Disney World because um, that was back in the 70s. So it was, you know... Mickey Mouse, they were not a global corporation yet. They weren't as huge as they are now. Um, The 90th birthday of Mickey Mouse was something most of us experienced. That was just back in 2018. And that was a huge global campaign. Oh, my God. Like everywhere, right? Such a big thing. Woo. Um, One of the main uh, ways they celebrated was this exhibit that went on tour. It was called Mickey, the True Original exhibition and it toured in los angeles and new york city and then i think it landed in disneyland in like some other shape in other form like that instagrammable spot that was in the espn zone seemed to have a lot of that stuff from it is what i saw yeah there was a lot going on for the 90th including um oh my god so much merch even at like target like things that you couldn't find all over like just everywhere right um you go go to like Safeway and you'll see like things branded with Mickey ninety that yeah. you're like why Goldfish. it's like a box of Kleenex it's <laughs> yeah. like Mickey ninety you're like all right <laughs> they're really going hard on this but one thing they did that was pretty cute for the Mickey ninety that um, I actually participated in when I was uh, with the last podcast Mousetalgia um, they sent out kits to people to celebrate Mickey's ninetieth birthday like they. That's cool. They like had you sign up and then you would throw a birthday party and then put it all over Instagram or like social media, right? That was the whole point. Interesting. It's pretty crazy. So we threw this big old Mickey Mouse birthday party at this record store. It was crazy. <laughs> and like one of those things I look back on, I'm, being, I'm like, what? What just happened? <laughs> I remember they had some special Oreos that were certain colors and flavors or something. I think it was like birthday cake flavor Oreos. It was bananas. But we threw a bigger party for Mickey Mouse than I threw in for any of my friends. For like regular human beings. Or myself. (laughs) That's cute. I think that's a cute idea. Whoever came up with that in their marketing team. Yeah, yeah. It was very smart. Um, I went to... Did you go to the LA version of the exhibit? I did not. Okay. So I did go to the New York one. So the official true original exhibit... It was so cool. Shout out to my cousin Marissa. The two of us went. And um, the way it was described is 16,000 square foot immersive pop art experience. And uh, I think that is the best description. A lot of it was very Instagrammable and like sets that you can walk into that pay tribute to everything from Steamboat. Steamboat Willie? Don't you Yeah. To even the Mickey Mouse Club. They had the full-on 90s Mickey Mouse Club set. And you could walk through it and, like, sit on these stools. It looked very, like, 90210 Peach Pit. It was very cute. Um, And you could get ice cream there in that little place. And, yeah, it was like this museum tour thing. And uh, they even had cast members there. They looked official. Like, they had the outfits and the, the badge. 
and they would help you take pictures and photos on the sets, which was really nice. And then at the end, they had this uh, design fashion design shop, which was uh, very perfect for where this was located in New York City. It was like in the meat pa- meat packing district where all the designers are. So it felt so fashion. And you got to go back there and sit next to a uh, person. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say seamstress, but that word is probably out of uh, like it was a guy. So <laughs> what is it isn't that weird? I can't think of another word, but it was the <laughs> like the, the crafting person, the seamster was there. <laughs> and the seamster... Someone who sews was sitting there. Someone who sews and puts the pieces together. So you'd pick what you wanted, um, and then he would sew everything on and do any screening that needed to be done on it and everything and patches. And then you'd finish your custom design, and it was just for you. And there's nothing else like it in the world because you're the one who made it. And I still have it. And they had different like poses that were really weird. I think uh, my... Wait, what is this? Um, I miss like what the actual thing is. It's a... You could get a t-shirt or I think a sweater. So it was a shirt or a sweater. Oh, okay. And okay. then you'd go back there and design how it actually looks like. Almost like Animal Got Crossing it. or Disney Dreamlight Valley. And right. um, they would do it on the spot for you. And so, yeah, I got a black shirt with like Mickey on the back and I had them. Everything was very pop art. So you felt sort of um, you felt driven to make it weird, if that made sense. Uh, so like I have it. So like Mickey's head is de- disconnected from his body, disconnected from his shoes and tail. It's like kind of like spaced out and um, like some patches of. like an abstract version of Mickey on the sleeve. I don't know why I don't wear it often. I'll bring it on the next trip and wear it. But I thought that was a really cool uh, (laughs) way for them to have merchandise. And then they had... It's very cool. So cool. Yeah, like a unique thing to remember that whole experience. It's perfect. Very. It's the experience making your merchandise. Like that's usually our not hand in hand, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Um, Anyways, uh, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, so he celebrated in big ways, 50th and 90th. Disneyland was probably a lot of people's favorites, including Pamela. She mentioned this when she submitted this good topic. But Disneyland 50th is like a fan favorite. That was that was my favorite park anniversary. So, um, and I know we've covered it on the show plenty of times. So I thought for this one, we should just talk about the Disneyland 50th. Like, what do we remember about it? Why do we love it so much? Well, let me see. I think that was probably our first event that we went to at yeah, Disney. Not like necessarily big, event, like, fan, but like fandom. Yeah, thing. like a special day. Um, I mean, I know we had gone to opening and closing of rides before that, but that was like a real big deal. It felt like like that was the first like real big thing and maybe the first time we camped out i can't remember if i went to attraction stuff before or after that <laughs> i feel like it was after but i could be wrong um but yes i'm with you the 50th sticks out as the number one um i also think it was speaking of the camping out part the whole like part that we got to move into dca after hours and just like camp out in dca that was just like cool like yeah. just stuff you don't normally get to do so it sticks out you know I don't know. And it seemed I like loved a, how they hung out those gold ears to every single person yes, too. That really made that an was impact. Like premium free merch, and it felt so special. It had the date on it, right? Yeah, it has the date yep. embroidered. 
And it was uh, only that day they were giving it out. Only that day. So there was a sea of golden, glimmering Mickey hats like running through Main Street throughout the day at all the shows. And it was, you were saying like it was the one of our first times or probably our first time doing that. I feel like for Disneyland, it also was. Like that was the time when things, like the fandom started getting like really hungry that's a good point and like rabbit and we level, all know right we grew up with it so there was an you know that group existed and so and dca was new at the time so they probably also didn't know the logistics of how to run this massive event and at least in my memory it was very smooth <laughs> i thought it was right and you know what was interesting too didn't they have wasn't it launched actually in march or around leap year or whatever but then the big 50th still happened. Like, it was still a big deal for the 50th. It wasn't right. like Right, they... like there was a campaign, but then the day of was still a big thing. Yeah, day of was still a big deal, even though they were already celebrating it, which I thought was really cool. Like, that's almost polar opposite from Disney World, right? Like, that sounds familiar, it was the 50th yeah. and nothing happened. Um, Gosh, who came out Disneyland on stage? Because like, that still... was a nice commemoration show. We had um, Dick Van Dyke, right? I'm picturing him. Um, I don't remember. I don't think he was on stage at all. I remember he was there for the 60th, but just in the guests. Oh. But I do remember, um, oh my God, am I like fading? It's like. I'm mixing it with the 60th, which is It was is someone bad. really big, like something really popular. Sherman Bro. Oh, Julie Andrews. Wasn't she, th- she there? Oh, God, no. Oh, gosh, Mandela Effect. <laughs> in, in my mind I now. I Richard Sherman. I know that was the 60th. Um, I feel like both Sherman brothers were there. I do know they had there. a bunch of speeches, which were really heartwarming. Um, like Diane Disney, Walt Disney's daughter, spoke. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger spoke, which I remember. Oh, so there's the governor at the time. We spent, I think, like at least over an hour during that whole thing, right? Like, yeah, it was, it was. It was long. It was a good. They had all those jumbotrons up so everyone else could see. I would say it was as it was as well produced and long as maybe. Like the legend ceremony, if it was on its own, like without the intro. Yeah, part. yeah. If you were to put D23 Expo in the park, yeah, that would be like one of it the was prime really well done. Camp out overnight things for us. See, we were already doing it back <sighs> then. So <laughs> how fun! And we were all th- we we were youthful. <laughs> we were very youthful. And speaking of, I have another moment written down. Um, two moments. One was that. That moment coming into the park when we like were running down Main Street, high fiving all of the cast members, and they all had Mickey gloves out. I think that was also the first moment I'd ever seen that before, and it still like gives me goosebumps. And now I've seen it at like, for instance, when they reopened after um, vaccinations came out or whatever. Like they were doing the same thing, and it still gave me the same feeling. But I think the first time ever was this, for this fiftieth, so that sticks out in my head. But the youthfulness comes in when I have this core memory from that evening. It was like the end of the day. We hadn't slept. We were just like running on pure magic and happiness. And sugar. We kept eating those cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, my God. We had free cupcakes all day. (laughs) Sugar High Central. And, Mike, I know I've told you about this and you don't remember it because it was you and I was watching you. But (laughs) we're navigating through the sea of people watching Fantasmic. And you had your gold Mickey ears on and they were just like a little crooked, like – leaning a little to the left and we were skipping 
running to and it was just like that moment of like pure bliss and like because you're in front of me that's all i can remember about that moment of like just being so happy we're just having like the oh, best time ever so, so that sticks in my head yeah such a good time what a time i'm, I'm listening in my head as we're talking to the pure imagination song from willy wonka oh <laughs> right Disneyland 50th. Well, hopefully we'll we'll get to a point where one of these parks can top that in a good way so that we'll have something like spectacular. I don't know when, but maybe <laughs> so after Bob, after the JPEG era. It looks like we need to get media coverage so we can go to the actual parties that they're doing. Right. Else can the get private to, one. Not cool. <laughs> Even um, if I had media, I would still be like, dude, you guys should let everybody see this. Yeah. Come on. It is like, different with the fans. Up. It is different. Yeah, the real, yeah. real fans. Like, not saying anybody with media aren't real fans, but just, like, everyone else, too. Yeah, because you know I mean? there's a lot of, like, suits there at that place, at those things. Yeah, and like, like um, all that special stuff. TV show then. hosts. And, Bummer. you know. Um, anyways, speaking of Magic Kingdom and what did not happen on the 50th, there was a very funny, infamous version of the castle that was put on display for Magic Kingdom's 25th birthday. And so this is always talked about. We were on a tour uh, in the underground of Magic Kingdom, and there was a whole like showcase of photos of all the f- different iterations of the Magic Kingdom castle. Right, uh, yeah. But our tour guide like stopped cool. at the 25th, to talk about the birthday cake castle and how infamous it is. So you remember this one, right? Seeing it. I sure do. I always thought it was um, like a inflatable, like bouncy house kind it of looks stuff like over it. the castle. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it wasn't. I, I don't know. It's very weird. But it looks just like it's very cartoony looking. Yeah. It's and really weird. Way over the top. <laughs> it's like bigger too because it's because it's thick with two C's. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> it's thick. T H I C C. It's like covering the other castle, right? Yeah. So it has to be like even bigger. That's insane. It's really weird. Uh so a lot of people didn't like it. They got a lot of complaints, mostly because there were a lot of tourists who go to Disney World very infrequently. And so they were disappointed they didn't have the classic Cinderella castle in the background. You know, that's what I keep reading about when I see these complaints. Um, I I see the truth to it because, you know, every time we talk about, hey, what's the difference between Disneyland and Disney World? It's usually that. Like Disney World has these people who save up, these families, and they only go maybe once every five years. Uh, But shouldn't that just commemorate the year you went, that it was the birthday year? I don't know. I, I'm with them on this. Oh, you are? Okay. I am because, like, as much as I wish I had gotten a picture with that castle cake, if I was only there once in my life or whatever, and I wanted to see this beautiful, magical castle that I've seen on every show my entire life, and I can't wait to see in real life, and it's this weird, ridiculous neon pink and like candy colored (laughs) cartoon castle i would be pretty disappointed like i wouldn't get it but also if you think about that way if it's somebody who doesn't go often enough to embrace the cat the cake castle you know what i mean yeah i mean now that you put it in all of those ways i can totally (laughs) see it 
Um, particularly when you it's said... It's so polar opposite of what like, it normally is. I think that's why it's hard. It is, yeah. <laughs> the fact that you've seen it your whole childhood and life, you, you want to see that. I never thought about it that way until you said it. Even yeah. on the... You see it at the beginning of every movie and cartoon in a way. Like, that's what you picture. You, you put it together with that Or you know there's logo. people that have probably, like, planned their proposals... Yes. For that trip. Yep. And then they get there and they're like, what the hell is <laughs> what this? What is this? Um, by the way, you could still get your picture with that now. If you saw, if you do Genie Plus, there's a filter that shows up. That is pretty like awesome. Augmented reality. Kind of cute. I've seen that popping up. Popping up. Uh, but I do have a few fun facts about that birthday cake. So uh, there's a uh, woman, an executive at Disney World. Her name is Melissa V., and she's the vice president of Magic Kingdom right now, today. And uh, she was talking about the castle when she was interviewed about it at some point recently. And she said that, number one, she was the Disney World ambassador that year. So she's been with the company for that long and also worked as a cast member. I always love that when they find their way up the ranks to the, right. to the suit. Uh, but she had said, said that uh, she defended that castle cake in thousands <laughs> of media interviews that year because she was the ambassador. So she had oh to keep defending it and celebrating <laughs> it. But she also said, like, hey, as a marketing tactic, this was a genius idea because it is now living in infamy, right? No one forgets the birthday cake castle of all the different iterations. So she said whether it. or not you loved it or didn't, no one forgets it. It was pretty special. We've got to admit that. That was her quote. That's pretty cute. It's like when, what's that saying? Uh, even bad publicity is good publicity, yes, right? totally. <laughs> and um, there was more to the 25th that I didn't really know about. And she had talked about as an ambassador, she went on what they called the Magical Memories Tour for the 25th birthday. And the ambassadors traveled to the top 25 locations around the world where guests most commonly visit. So like non-Disney places. And they oh. uh, brought a pink tour trailer and they oh, uh, no. matched the castle. The tour trailer looked like that weird uh, cake, colorful cake. <laughs> and it was supposed to entice guests to come visit Disney World. And for those who couldn't go, obviously, they was bring a little bit of the celebration uh, to those folks okay, in their okay. local area. But yeah, that theme carried it. through from the castle to this trailer. Gosh. That is... Interesting. When was 25 years? Mad. Math. Math again? Are we doing math again? <laughs> so it was 15 years before 2021. <laughs> 2006? 2006. Right? Right? I think so. Yeah. Wait, when did it open? 77. So 40. I mean, 25 plus 77. We didn't open 77. I mean, yeah, when did it open? 71. 71. 25. Yeah, 2006. There we go. We did it both ways. 2006. <laughs> oh, gosh. I hope our I listeners are I swear we know math. We just happen to both not know math today. Like, I know. I don't know math ever. Thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, yeah, especially when it's that, like, counting up or down. Even with time, I can't do it. I have to go 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah, you guys. I schedule all of our meetings, and I talk to Mike as if I live in New York time for right? our Otherwise, I'm recordings. So <laughs> True story. Well, that's very cute. That sounds like the pink trailer sounds like 
too much, but I think I'd have to see it. <laughs> right. But I do like that they brought it to um, people to celebrate. I remember when they did the, um, what was that movie with Jim Carrey, The Christmas Carol. When that movie came out, it toured through this, like had an oh, actual yeah. train that you could go into the car and like they had a blow up theater and you could watch a trailer of it in like... It was just like this little area, like a parking lot they would convert into this little experience. And it was, that was really cool. That's neat. So, I'm also realizing. I worked there. I said earlier global, but I think it was probably just the U.S. Because the 18-wheeler, was. it was probably like a road trip tour campaign. Yeah, it was like, what? I was picturing them in some like cool, like the Great Wall of China with their peak trailer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was probably limited just to the U.S. Or probably the uh, only the 48 states. That are not. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. Easier to get to. Um, well, I also wanted to bring up the Haunted Mansion anniversaries. Two of them most more so than um, other ones. But these were just like, obviously, Haunted Mansion is my favorite attraction. So they're very standout moments for me. Um, I took them very personally. Like the 50th was, I felt like it was my birthday or something. Aww, like a big deal for sweet. me. <laughs> it was just this... F- like fictitious story in Disneyland, which is just, you know, and you think about it that way, people probably think I'm nuts, but um, I do have a very big place in my heart for it. So the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion was a huge deal. So I want to talk about that real quick. Um, it was a celebration in the park called Celebrating 50 Years of Re- of Retirement Unliving. Ooh. So they had a special event. It was two nights one was um, August 8th through, wait, sorry, 7th through the 8th and then 8th through the 9th. I chose 8th through the 9th because Haunted Mansion's anniversary is the 9th. So I wanted to make sure I was there for it at midnight, right? Because that's the type of person I am. Um, but this was a special event that was late night too, which I was so excited about because they're now like really speaking my language. This event started, like you could check in at, I mean, you could check in all day. I'll talk about that in a minute. Like how late? But to go into the park, it really started at 11.30 p.m. Ooh. And then the kickoff wasn't even until 1 a.m. That's like truly spooky, fun, after dark. Right. Yeah. It was 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. was the official event time. Isn't that crazy? Like nothing like that ever happens in the park. Hardly ever. So very exciting. Um, and this was considered a merch event which i think a lot of these merchandise events turn into something much bigger which is really cool and they do know their audience because haunted mansion fans are big merchandise people like these are the fans that go and change their entire house to look like the haunted mansion there's not a lot of other attractions that do that so these are the people and airbnbs now (laughs) there's airbnbs uh like i mean maybe the only other thing is like tiki and piratey stuff I've I also see a lot house, of um, I can't say much more. rip-offs, too. Like, I was just in Target, and there was, like, decor that would be, like, looks exactly like Haunted Mansion. It'll say Haunted Mansion, but it's not Disney or Haunted House right, or something. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And it'll, it'll even say, like, certain sayings like um, foolish mortals. Right. Like, yeah. that anyone can use, right? So it's really funny how widespread it is. Um, but, yeah, so this was a merchandise event and you could pick up your orders all day long but the cool part about that was that since it was in the Disneyland hotel for pickup they had like decorated the whole lobby of um the Disneyland hotel which they've continued to do since so like right now I think it's also decorated with the same uh wall 
Not wallpaper. It's wall like a mural. Wall I don't know creeps. how else to say it. Yeah, wall to wall creeps. And you have all of the elevator doors have Haunted Mansion stuff on it. Um, they have the stretching portraits. They have this whole mural once you walk in. So very themed. And then once you got up to the actual merchandise space, which I believe is in a ballroom, if I'm not mistaken, in the Disneyland Hotel, um, they actually had like full-on photo opportunities like there was for instance one that looked like the front of the haunted mansion you could go take photos in front of um they also had a bunch of like backdrops like they had shag paintings of the haunted mansion he's a very famous disney artist um that you could take photos in front of as well so lots of cool stuff to do in there and the lighting was like really cool it was like dark and spooky in there and then they had the the photo ops like with spotlights on them so you could get really good photos and this was just for just, that uh, day? Yeah, this was just that for the special so event. For those, cool. Yeah, it was like two nights in a row. Um, and this event was $299, so it was not cheap. It was one of those after-hours types of events. So there's things that you would see there similar, like uh, special merchandise, food. Like there's unique food offerings and photo ops around the park once you're in the park as well. Um, like the hitchhiking ghost route, Constantine was at Constantine, Constance, Constance <laughs> was out. Um, uh, Sally, what is Sally Slater? Sally Struthers. Sally Slater. <laughs> I always forget her name. She has like a bunch of names, by the way. If Wait, you get who? deep in it, she is the tightrope girl. Oh, I thought you were talking about portrait. Sally from Holiday Haunted Mansion Holiday. Oh no, no. But she, I think she has like four or five different names if you like go through the fandom of it. It's pretty oh. funny. But um, yeah, so she, like there's just so much to do in the park. Uh, one interesting thing that they did a little different for this event that I hadn't seen before and I haven't seen since, you would get coupons with your credentials to purchase like food items. So I can't remember how many. You'd get like two free food items and one drink or something oh, and you can you use them wherever in the, the park for the already. special yeah. items uh, yeah that's kind of cool i like that yeah and they had that 1 a.m kickoff i was telling you about and this was down at the rivers of america on the phantasmic stage and they had this big it was called the awaken the swinging wake show so it was oh. like a stage show on the phantasmic stage Tons of projections, lots of fog on the river. That was a whole thing the whole night, too. It was, like, all this cool lighting all around Disneyland. And the water had that layer of fog on it. It was so pretty. Oh, I, I wish they did the fog it. stuff throughout Halloween time. That's so right, cool. Right, right. Spooky. Um, And then at 3 a.m., so later in the night, they had a happy haunt soiree down by the riverside. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> And this was super cute. It was like basically an old school New Orleans style funeral procession, or at least they led you to believe so. Um, but it looked very old turn of the century style. They had a lot of uh, dancers, like ghostly dancers coming down and they had, they were playing like jazz and it was, oh my God, it was so fun. I was dancing with the performers out there. It was a great time. Um they also had, of course, the cadaver dance mm. visiting throughout the entire night at different locations. And then at 4 a.m., the event wrapped up. So all night long. But I definitely don't want to skip over without talking about the actual Haunted Mansion. So 
they had this special lighting that night and I think they may have extended it through a little bit of time as well. Um, but actually I don't think so. I think it was like special lighting that one night. Cause I, I was just so in awe of how beautiful the mansion wow. was. Oh, was from the exterior like, lit. Yeah. Like just outside they had this like spookier lighting and they had like purple and blue lighting on the sides and it just, you had to see it to understand it, but it was just like, gorgeous and it looks so much spookier than normal Ooh. which it already gets that vibe off right um so the outside was beautiful they had like other decorations all over it that had the 50th added to it like a uh, celebration type things um and then once you go in the attraction they had the giant 50th logo projected on the back wall where you load into the doom buggy so already getting you in that spirit that it might be a little different during the attraction and there were just a few additions to the attraction, but I thought it was like the perfect touches. First off, when you go in um, where the stretching or the endless hallway is, yeah, you would see they brought back the suit of armor actor, like the live actor in the that suit of so armor. Is that what cool. you call it? Suit of armor? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Coat, so suit. Yeah. Coat knight. of armor. <laughs> the knight. That knight guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They had a live actor in there jumping and like doing jump scares. That is so freaking cool. Also, why can't they just yep. do that all the time? I know, I know. And this was something that they had for very limited time, like in the 80s or early 90s. I can't remember what the actual time period was. And people don't even believe it happened. Um, however, there are photos that exist, so it did happen. Um, but it was really fun that they brought him back because he's kind of this weird like Haunted Mansion lore to him. So it was really smart and fun for all of the really hardcore Haunted Mansion fans. Random uh, macabre also, question for you. If, yeah. If the person hired to do that, let's say they were just a sociopath and they it was a real axe. And how many doom buggies would pass and get injured oh, before no. before someone stops it? <laughs> Well, they have cameras, so probably not too many. But if they didn't have cameras, it's a long way to that exit because that's at the very front. Right? Because you won't so, see the first dead person until it comes back yeah. to the thing. Oh Thanks my God. for going real dark Maybe that's on why the they don't do it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they had to add in the cameras for a certain Unsafe. reason, right? <laughs> um, then if you remember the scene with the coffin, they're like, let me out. Let me out of here. That guy, um, they added a bunch of new funeral wreaths that say 50th on them. So it's oh. like just kind of adding to that touch. Darn, I thought you were going to say that was also a real person. <laughs> no, no. Um, but once you got to the ballroom scene, they had live actors in the ballroom scene that were projected through Pepper's Ghost. So they were dancing in the so weird area, cool. in the dark. They area. were not dancing, but they were sitting at the ballroom table in the empty seats, oh and they God. were like conversating, like a real dinner party. They're just like crazy, like just turn of the century looking, like or Victorian era, whatever, sitting there and like having like chatter, and then they would like disappear. That's like, even more weird back. because if they're part of the Peppers Ghosts, they were actually sitting next to those like half arm robots. Yeah, in the dark, with, yeah. in the pitch black the whole time. <gasps> wow. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. That's wow. really creepy. You would totally do it though. I would so do it. I would never pass that. I don't would care you do how it scary from I would never pass that up. The whole event, like 11 a.m. to 4.30? Of course. And I'll tell you one more second. I'll tell you one, one more thing about that. But the rest of the, the Haunted Mansion, it just had like a 50th 
candle on the cake which i thought was a cute addition because it's a birthday cake and then the final scene there's those three hitchhikers before you leave into the mirror area where like oogie boogie is during the holiday um they had a real gus so they had the two animatronics and then a real gus and he was like faking it till you made it and then he would pop out at you too so like you didn't really notice he was fake until he moved and you're like oh my god that's spooky because everybody there who's paid a ticket they've ridden that ride Hundreds of times. So you, right. you have your muscle memory. You know exactly what's going to happen. And if something throws it off, that must feel so weird. Yeah. And it's funny you mention that because I did remember looking at him like, why does he look different? Like I noticed he looked different, but I had no idea it was like a real person. And then he like jumped out and scared me. And I'm like <laughs> screaming. Wow. I would scream. I just yeah. noticed he looked a little taller than normal or something. <laughs> But um, what was it that you just mentioned? Oh, the people sitting underneath the in the dark for four hours, five hours. No. no? What else was it? Actors in the ballroom scene. Shoot. I forget. But I was going to tell you something else that, oh, about it being over. Did, did I stay till 4 a.m.? Yes, I did. And then even funnier, I had actually put together an event with Doom Buggies. So Doom Buggies, Jeff Bam, and myself put together our own 50th birthday party because they had not announced that they were doing one at Disneyland for the longest wow. time. And we're like, we need to throw a party for the Haunted Mansion. So we had our own event going on that evening. So I stayed up till 4 a.m. at Disneyland. You know, you don't get back oh, it to was that day? five. Oh, my God. I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah, and then I had to get up and party plan all day and get set up. And it was crazy, like straight adrenaline by the end of the day. And it was all worth it because it was so much fun. And that was fun, too. We had, like, a dinner show with Imagineer Tom Morris out there. And we had a spook show with a magician. And it was oh, so much fun. At the event. At event like that. At our our event that we threw, yeah. All right. All right. Right? We got to do right? something. We got to do something. I remember we talked about doing something around Haunted Mansion movie premiere. Yes. Um, so it's I cool to hear that. that you've done that. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then real quick, runner-up in second place was the 40th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. And one of the coolest things about this is the date. Do you know when the Haunted Mansion opened? Yes. It opened on October 31st, 1923. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cool date. However, it was actually opened on August 9th, so 0909. And then the 40th anniversary was in 2009, so 666 upside, upside down. down. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that cool? 999 happy haunts. Wait a minute. That is so like spooky and perfect. Perfect. So they threw a big party at Disney. I think this is one of the first... Um, like big events that I became aware of after, of course, like right after I hadn't, I wasn't doing this kind of things yet. Like I didn't know that this was happening in the community. I was still like kind of, I was going all the time, but I just like hadn't dipped my toe into like special events at all yet. Um, but yeah, this was called the Spirited Seance and they had uh, special guests come uh, for instance, they had Imagineers Tony Baxter and Kim Irvine, which Kim Irvine, by the way, showed up dressed as Leota, wow. which is super cool because her mom is Leota Toombs. Um, and she's and the voice of, of the Haunted Mansion Holiday, right? Yes, she's the voice and the face of Madame Leota for Haunted Mansion Holiday. You are right. 
And um, you know where I learned that? I learned it on the Disney Holic Show podcast. On the Disney Holic Show, (laughs) you guys can reference that in some episode that we've done before. I don't have the number. Um, but they also had Imagineers Alice Davis and Exitensio, which wow. makes my heart feel so warm. I really wish I could have gone to this. I literally didn't find out about it. Um, but this event was $475, but check out what you get. There was also different levels. This is the highest tier. This is in 2009. You get one night accommodation at the Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa. Already what? paid for. <laughs> Right? Wait, what? That's like the <laughs> price of the room already. Right. <laughs> 2009. I wonder what the prices look like back then. Wow. But you do get one night accommodation there. Then you get admission into Disney's California Adventure after 6.30 and admission into Disneyland after 9. Wow. So like half day ticket, fine. Um, and then you get all this special stuff around it. So there's that spirited seance. This is the um, seminar I was talking about with all of those Imagineers speaking. Um, there was also a dinner party, which was right after, and that was called the Wedding Feast or Famine. And this oh, was like a big wow. stage show where they had like a whole performance in a room. Um, they acted out this whole Haunted Mansion story. They like reenacted a wedding and it was this whole thing. It was really, really cool. Um, I always wondered where it was held, and I just found out it was through doing this research. It was held in the win lose. What was it called? Uh, Who wants to be a millionaire? Building in DC. Oh my gosh! Which is now the adventure store, <laughs> Junior or something, right? Is that oh, maybe not. I th- I thought it was that big warehouse that's now this the Avengers thing. Oh, I oh that makes more sense actually. I bet it like was. a TV studio. I have never. Huge. It was before I ever visited DCA. It was gone already. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, so that had that big dinner party. You had a whole talk with a bunch of Imagineers. And then you would go into the park later in the evening and you would do a toast with uh, cake slicing at the Haunted Mansion. So a little dessert and champagne at the end of the night. You get to ride the Haunted Mansion. And then they had a photo opportunity with the three hitchhiking ghosts, which I think might have been one of the very first times that we've ever seen that. And the coolest thing is that they had Constance and George up on the balcony, which I've never seen what? George before. That's right? really cool. So cool. Yep. So really cool. I wish I could have been there. I was not in the loop yet. Um, and it's probably only runner up because yeah. you didn't go. It sounds almost, I mean, the one you described for the 50th is already amazing. This one sounds like even more over the top. <laughs> right. It seems like, um, smaller but because of that they were able to do more yeah like, it feels more fan-made like there was more yes yeah more yeah it seems like a disney anna event or something yeah. but it was actually disney official you're right oh that's so cool yeah well so then the next one would be the next big one like the 60th maybe yeah 60th sounds so boring after 50. i know already. i was like oh maybe i, I want to go to one of these <laughs> FOMO, but what if it's the one lackluster one? We can make one? it big if we want. Yeah, we'll do the the add-on like you did last time. There you go. <laughs> wow, so lots of interesting and unique park-related anniversaries. I have a feature film anniversary to talk about next, which is kind of the big one. It's also the one that started it all, similar to Mickey Mouse, Snow White. So this year, in 2022, so we're now in the present, 
uh, Snow White celebrated its 80 freaking fifth anniversary. Oh, my God. 85 years since that movie came out. One of the things they did for it was a featurette. I haven't seen this, actually. Maybe I should go watch it. Um, Hosted by your favorite, Don Hahn. Oh, he decided to show up? He decided to show up on camera. (laughs) And they did, it was called 10 Ways Snow White Changed and Managed. Let me start over. 10 Ways Snow White Changed (laughs) Animation Forever. So perfect guy to do it. He did Lion King, right, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but yeah, so they did a featurette on that. But I know there's a bunch of other highlights, too, that must, might, some people may or may not know about. Yeah, so first off, Snow White was the first full-length animated film, like, ever. Wow. Uh, so definitely landed a, a big milestone there. Um, and it was also the first animation project to use working film actors for live action reference. Oh, I love seeing those like old rotoscoping, right? Is that black what black and called? white things where they're like spinning around with their dresses? Right. And, yeah, that's cool. Yep. So cool. Um, this was also the first time a movie soundtrack was released to the public. I found that one super interesting because I, it seems like how like i don't know it seems like they weren't doing that at all back then (laughs) i feel like that started in like the 80s or something i'm picturing like a cd (laughs) but there's there's no way how did they do that oh yeah records i guess a vinyl vinyl yeah (laughs) really cool and then a fun fact about charlie chaplin's interaction with this film um he actually attended the 1937 hollywood premiere and told the los angeles times that the film surpassed high expectations and in Dwarf Dopey, Disney had created one of the greatest comedians of all time. Isn't that cute? It's very cute. It's also weird that Charlie Chaplin speaks <laughs> and has quotes. Right. I, I always just picture him <laughs> silent. <laughs> You're like, wait, who? He's like on the red carpet, like with his opinion. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Chaplin. That's cool. I wonder if him out, and out. Was he friends with Walt? Like he had high expectations for the film. That's pretty cool. He must have been a fan. Yeah, I, I don't really know exactly. That, ooh, that could be a fun. Okay, I'm going to save that. Ooh, wanna, yeah. Do they have a relationship or not? That'd be fun, like a friendship. I feel like there was some interaction between them, but I can't remember right now. That could be fun to look into. Huh. Snow White. I haven't seen it in quite a long time. It's kind of boring. I need to <laughs> I need to throw my phone out of a window <laughs> in order to sit through that film. Right. But I want to do it's it. It's slow, but it's also short, but it feels long. And you already know what's going to happen. So you're just I always like, oh lose it God. in that part where she's running through the forest like a crazy damsel in distress. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I think the 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 ride, the dark ride, is just the right amount of time for the story. Like, that's all I need. <laughs> so another anniversary that we are celebrating this year also is Disney Imagineering's 70th anniversary. So they have been at it for a long time as well. 70 years? Um, so that means like 70. 15 years after Snow White came out, they were already <laughs> making rides. Like Does starting it seem to like a whole things. other lifetime? Yeah. Wow. Right. Innovative oh people. So, yes. So at the D23 Expo, they had an entire panel called Walt Disney Imagineering 70 Years of Making the Impossible Possible. Oh my gosh, that's a... Mouthful and that uh, they they love those mouthfuls. <laughs> I just realized that the answer to the Imagineer's question, who asked the audience at Legends, she said, "What is it that Imagineers do?" It was in the title of the panel. The answer was the impossible, and none of us right. got it right. 
No, wait, that was at the Legends, though. Oh, where was that? I thought it was at the Legends. It was at Legends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was, okay. And we were (laughs) like, like, someone said future or something, and they were like, no. We're like, magic. Magic. (laughs) Imagineers create There's lots of things you guys make. I don't know which one you want me to choose. (laughs) Now, this panel that That uh, is about the Imagineers 70th, we went to, but I left... About five minutes in, I ate the pastries we got from the Hall D23 Disney Parks. Right. It was right after the Parks panel, so... Oh, yeah. I was in a bummer of a mood. I was like, I got to go. Wasn't having... He's like, I'm going to the hotel. I'm going to go to the hotel and eat some food, play PlayStation, and pout. Right. (laughs) I did stick through most of the panel. However, I did have to leave near the end a little early because I was running way over like every other panel at D23. In order for me to make something else, but um, it was a panel led by moderator Leslie Iwerks, who's the granddaughter of Ub Iwerks or Oob. I don't know. However, there's a bunch that of that has ways always to been an interesting name. name to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just UB. It sounds like a a robot name or something, an android right? or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was a two part panel that had uh, some Imagineers that were a little on the older side, like maybe some retired Imagineers, and then also some of the newer current Imagineers, which is really cool to see, like the whole spectrum. Um, and some of those were Bob Weiss, Bob Weiss, I don't know why I said Weiss, Bob Weiss, <laughs> Kevin Rafferty, Kim Irvine, Sharita Carter, and Jeanette Lomboy. And oh, that's a then good the mix. second part, yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, and then the second part had some contributors that were on the more like technical engineering portion of it. Um, and that was Ron Hamming, Alfredo Ayala, Emily Dow, Leslie Evans, and Tommy Jones. So you kind of got to hear like from start to finish what these experiences are like of being an Imagineering. And my biggest takeaway was that Imagineers literally listened to the guests all the time. Wow. It was really cool. It made me feel like quote-unquote scene or whatever yeah. <laughs> like they just kept reiterating that and there was a couple examples um one was first of all it was uh what was her name again Jeanette Lomboy who really like nailed into that she was like you guys like I don't want to just sit here and praise you guys but if it wasn't for you guys we couldn't do our job like they're wow. she's really saying like, I love that we do this to make you guys happy and we listen and we change and we grow so it was really and it's a good reminder for all of us fans like when things happen and we don't get the full ride or it gets uh canceled it's the corporate bigwigs fault it's not the imagineers like they dreamt up some amazing thing that's getting cut yeah right that budget probably gets pulled out from underneath them (laughs) and that's so tough because i've even been in that in my job a lot where they give you a budget and you get to do this spectacular thing and then they rip half the budget back and then you have to like cut everything and then nothing fits well together and you kind of have to work with yeah. the scraps with no time. So there's lots of stuff that we can all relate to in our personal lives that might be something similar to what these Imagineers feel. But two quotes, or not necessarily quotes, but two things that were mentioned that also lean into that concept was that Sharita Carter mentioned that she sits outside of new attractions to hear guest reactions. I think I talked about this a little bit before, but I just think it was the coolest thing to hear that she's spending her day just sitting at the exit, like incognito, just like wanting to hear if we're coming out of the ride excited or critiquing or like what we're doing. And it's really a, it's a good uh, temperature check. Like 
I remember when I got back from going to the opening week of Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we had the podcast episode. I was saying, oh, I think people love it. And that was based on just seeing people's reactions as you walk out. Like people felt like they were like orgasmic. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they liked it. Yeah, it's like the best way to, to feel that out that I can think of. So Clever. cheers to Sharita Carter for spending her hard work <laughs> sitting out here and listening to all of us. So that's really cool. Um, and then another funny example of that was Kim Irvine. And she worked a lot on the 50th. Uh, of Disneyland and one of the big projects that she had like lead on was um oops I just dropped my phone sorry about that (laughs) was that she redid the look of the castle so if you remember it got adorned with gold all over it and like colors were different and all sorts of design elements added to the castle and she had while it was like covered up there was some concept art out in front of the castle showing what it's going to look like And she heard a guest come up and say, see, I told you they're taking out the drawbridge. And they're like, what What are you talking about? (laughs) And they're like, there's no drawbridge in the picture. They're removing the moat. And she was like, oh, no. Like, I don't want people thinking that. So she literally had the concept art removed, redrawn with the the drawbridge included and put back out for people. So that people wouldn't get that idea and be misled into feeling a certain way or dreading it or whatever it is right so she wanted it to be that big reveal so they shared Um, real examples of this whole listening yes yeah cycle i love it was super cool and i highly suggest if this kind of stuff interests you you can watch the full panel on youtube which now i've been since i saw this you can see almost all of the d23 expo that they did record they that we had on live right they were doing live that day they do have it available on YouTube now, but you have to search for it. It doesn't seem to be on D23's YouTube, which is weird. But um, this one was called Walt Disney Imagineering, 70 Years of Making the Impossible Possible. So check that out. Um, type in full panel when you search it, and you can watch the whole thing there. Um, another fun stuff about the 70th anniversary of Disney Imagineering, they have a new 70th logo. It's basically a big, bold 70 with the Sorcerer Mickey popping out of the zero and waving his wand, which uh, Sorcerer Mickey from Fantasia has been the basically Disney Imagineering's mascot this whole time, right? Yeah. So they, they've stuck with him the whole time. Um, and their color is metallic silver. So it's like shiny silver. Um, and you've seen a lot of that reflected in the merchandise that they had at Mickey's of Glendale in so uh, good. the D23 Expo. I think that's the yeah. only of the stores that I bought stuff or a lot of stuff or bought stuff yeah, in general I always only buy stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they had so many cool things i got the denim hat cap with the sorcerer mickey on it very and cute. then um i think we both got different versions of the 70th shirts that they had right yeah had a i lot got of like the girl cut i think it's v-neck and it has the very like almost too much for me to wear it shiny silver metallic <laughs> 70th logo on it i think you have one similar but the boy cut with like white and black right yeah i think so i can't remember got? now i was going back and forth between the colorful one and the black one I, and i think i did cho- yeah cho- i was i was one. debating between the silver and the colorful also um but they also had other things like your typical merch stuff like water bottles hats pins etc so they really are celebrating it and having their whole own logo for it and along with that came a newly designed cast member name tag and this is just for imagineers and it has that 70th 
uh, logo at the very top of the name tag and um, or name badge, whatever they call it. And uh, it's silver and shiny also. So the whole badge looks like shiny metallic. That's so cool. Um, I remember seeing those yeah. all around the expo because they have Imagineers that get all the pavilions. Right. And I was yep. like, oh, and they get so proud of it, too. Whenever there's Aww. whenever there's like an exclusive one. And, you know, like when we see the blue ones, we always go, hey, are you a legacy cast member? And they're like, yeah. Congratulations. Yep. <laughs> so cute. Very cute. Wow. Yeah. 70 so years. Congratulations on 70 years, Imagineering. Love it. Well, Keep it up. We have been going with this <laughs> anniversary theme that was a Patreon topic from Pam. Pamela, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now we're getting to the exciting future part of this episode so we talked about past and present anniversaries now we're going to talk about the future and this is the big one so this is disney 100 and they're calling it the disney 100 years of wonder campaign and this starts next year so 100 years of the walt disney company wild crazy there was a crazy, lot crazy. of uh, a lot of it was announced at the expo. Like during the Disney Legends ceremony, we got that D twenty three expo sort of introduction segment as well, and they talked about the one hundred years of wonder. And they we all loved, and especially them, the Disney people themselves loved the new logo that's going to show up before movies animated and live action. Do you remember? <laughs> Like they showed the, it multiple like, uh, times. Like a sizzle reel thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, let's watch this again. And then I think it is yeah. cool. Every time I saw the Disney, da 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 da, the castle movie logo, and it now like goes through the village and it has uh, like nods to all these animated films sprinkled throughout the castle and the moat. It's really pretty. And it says Disney 100. It is really pretty. I'll give nice them that. One. Yeah. It was worth seeing it twice. I'll, it was worth it. Yeah, I'll watch it, it again. It. And then uh, throughout all next year, we should be seeing that logo before the movies and films and maybe even some of the Disney Plus stuff. But this is what they're calling the largest cross-company global celebration in the history of the Walt Disney Company, which, you know, obviously they've earned that 100 years for a company to stick around. It's pretty incredible, especially wow. with the founder has not been around for maybe half of that. I can't do the math again. I don't want to start with the math. Um, but it officially kicks off appropriately on New Year's Eve of 2022 going into 2023. And on ABC, which is the Disney-owned channel, during Dick Clark's New York Rockin' Eve, with Ryan Seacrest. Another thing that has been going on without its creator for years. <laughs> Dick Clark is no longer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if so, if, for those who watch the Ryan Seacrest special that takes place in Times Square, New York City, they're going to be doing a lot of stuff for the Disney 100. And I might be tuning into that. I can imagine a lot of the singers they bring on might be singing Disney songs instead of their own promoting promoting their own songs right yeah which would be cool i actually usually watch the cnn one it's just so funny so to see, I. right anderson I, cooper and i love Alex those guys get, when they're a mess andy it's cohen so funny. they get drunk yeah and don lemon gets real messy and sassy yeah, real messy <laughs> and they're usually they're like news anchors like, it's, it's embarrassing so it's opposite. weird it's like humiliating for me to watch it but i still watch yeah, it so funny <laughs> so i guess this year i might have to flip back and forth uh, so, yeah, they're doing a Disney <laughs> celebration there. And so it kicks off. It's going to be throughout all 2023. There's a handful of stuff they're doing. I pulled a few of them to share, most of which we got from the expo. 
We also learned at the D23 Expo from Jennifer Lee. So she's the head of animation over at Disney. She told us all about this new movie that they're making for next year for 2023 during the Disney 100. And it's called Wish. And that movie, Wish, was shown. uh, We got to see some concept art. It's all about... Uh, this land in which makes wishes come true. So they're really trying to tie it to every single Disney property animated live action film where somebody had to wish upon a star. And they showed this nice sizzle reel again of all this compilation of all the times these characters throughout the years have wished upon a star. And so this animated film is going to be how those wishes come true and the and the people and the beings that live on this shooting star or the star that we see in these things i thought that's a really cute concept i think it's very cute yeah it's i love that they took the time to figure out something that can tie it all together and that really yeah is like a very cute thing to do for that (laughs) and just imagine all the easter eggs that might be put in there by the animators probably so so many many, right there has to be i love it Um, And then there's going to be a big exhibition that is also going to be on tour, similar to that Mickey Mouse one we talked about earlier. So this one's called Disney 100, the exhibition, and it's going to tour both in the United States and internationally. And this is going to be a 15,000 square foot exhibit. So they have to put this up and break it down, put it back up throughout this whole tour. So that's impressive enough. Um, And it's going to be allowing guests to step into our favorite stories over the last 100 years. And it's supposed to be using innovative and immersive technology in 10 different galleries. So this sounds really, really cool to me. Like, uh, wow, yeah. Picture, you get pictures. I can't tell if it it doesn't sound necessarily like it's going to be a instagram thing right like right those yeah photo ones like they would use sounds words like, like a pop bit of that. up and stuff and they didn't yeah so it yeah, could be a mix the of immersive both. part sounds like it might be cooler i went to a bts um pop-up it was much smaller but uh they did have some rooms that were like the instagram stuff but they had some immersive rooms that were really cool it was like you're in the laundromat when you could see this stuff and it was from a music video i didn't understand it because i wasn't a fan but my sister I was, was like say, Why she was like yeah this that? is from the music video it looks just like it. it looks like you're in it and i'm like okay i believe it that's cool oh that's cute <laughs> it was very cool though um so yeah that sounds like something they might do um they're also going to have in the ex- in the exhibit uh, galleries for all of what they're calling the latest members of the Disney family. So this is Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, even National Geographic. And they're going to have the Walt Disney Archives working with them. So they're going to be showing a lot of their treasures. And they're calling it Crown Jewels. They said they've hand-selected more than 250 Crown Jewels from the archives that they will pull out. So this is artwork, artifacts, costumes, props, memorabilia, uh, all on display. And this tour starts February 2023 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So that's where it's going to kick off. Very cool. Very cool. I feel like we should probably go together. (laughs) Yeah, whenever it is. Maybe if it's like in Anaheim when it gets there or Orlando. Yeah, wait till it gets to LA. Yes, that would be perfect. That'd be fun. Well, speaking of Disney parks, they are also celebrating Disney 100 across Disney parks around the world. Of course, uh, they did tell us, though, that Disneyland will be the heart 
for the company celebration. And they use that word heart. So that's really sweet because that is the first park. And what we're going to see are things like platinum themed decor because platinum is for the 100. They'll have specialty food, drinks, character experiences, and more. Uh, the Disney 100 Spectaculars are really only being produced exclusively for Disneyland, which I found oh. that's interesting. But I guess it goes back to Disneyland being the heart of the celebration. So they're going to have two spectaculars. One is called Wondrous Journeys, which we heard that sort of folky song, which is going to play with the fireworks and the castle. And then over at Disney California Adventure, they have World of Color 1, O-N-E. So it's supposed to tie in these 100 years of storytelling and all that good stuff. We also have at Disneyland Magic Happens. That parade is returning but it was pretty vague in terms of details on is that Disney 100 related or is it just the parade as it was, uh, which I'm totally fine with because most of us have not been able to see it. Uh, over at Epcot at Disney World at the Showcase Lagoon, the World Showcase Lagoon, they do hint at there being a Disney 100 specific show but not until, I think, late 2023. So we'll try to see if we'll get more details on that as things um, progress. But otherwise, they really are, are letting people know that Disneyland is the heart of the things that are specific to Disney 100. I guess, I guess that means the campaign or something. Uh, then we have one last thing over at Hong Kong that I found. So Hong Kong Disneyland, they are getting a new statue of Walt and Mickey in honor of Disney 100. So yeah, there's a few things there. Again, it seems like Disneyland's getting the most in terms of spectaculars, but I guess a lot of the parks are probably gonna get so much stuff. Um, and then a handful of other stuff that they're doing for Disney 100 Years of Wonder next year. There's going to be a full-length documentary on ABC called 100 Years of Wonder. So that sounds really cool. Probably we'll see some archival footage and cool things there. Uh, there's gonna be content, they're calling it expanding the company's portfolio of must-watch television channels. So they own everything now. So this is ABC, Disney <laughs> Channel, ESPN, Freeform, FX, FXX, National Geographic, and then also streaming platforms. So Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN+. Plus. They're basically just saying there's going to be so much they couldn't even list oh it. Oh, my gosh. All. Um, here's something that I thought was interesting. As a vinyl collector, they're going to be releasing limited editions of vinyl versions of stuff. They didn't say what. So it could be anything from movie soundtracks to maybe Disney <gasps> parks, things. Who knows? I just forgot I never visited the music emporium at the expo. There was a picture disc I wanted to get. Whoops. I don't even remember what it was, but I'm so sad right now. <gasps> so Cal, go get it on eBay, I'm sure. There you go. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, I wanted to tell everybody the best place to go to find out all of this stuff that we talked about, plus things that they have not yet announced. So they have a website, an official website, and appropriately named Disney 100, so Disney100.com. And they promise to keep us updated on that website with all the things that are going to be happening in 2023. Oh, that's nice to have. Yeah. Good on Disney for that. <laughs> this one, yeah, it seems very well thought out. It seems, I mean, I can only imagine you have to work with the teams from all of those companies and to create this cohesive oh like, campaign. My head is hurting just thinking of that. <laughs> just the meeting, the project meetings alone. Like, I'm already. Yes, yeah, seriously. Like, oh. oh my gosh. Wow. 
Um, so while you can keep updated on the Disney 100, I'm also going to reference our episode number 50, which is called, ow, I just bit my cheek, which is called The World's Most Magical Homecoming on Earth, um, which we reviewed a lot of other anniversaries that were celebrated in the park. So if you're just in that anniversary mood and you want to keep rolling with it, check out episode 50 of the Disney Holic Show. Perfect. If you haven't already, or if you just want to go back and do it again. Yeah, relive it. Sometimes we forget <laughs> um, what we say, and it's fun to go back and relive it. <laughs> all the time. Um, and then... As a special add-on, as we are covering anniversaries, Mike actually caught this one, that this is our anniversary as well. Because So cool. (laughs) Yes, episode one premiered on October 7th, 2020 of the Disneyholics show. What a time. And now it's just about two years later. Two years later. So again, thank you to Pamela for this topic. Because again, it just worked out so perfectly to do this anniversary-themed episode when we are celebrating two years of the show. Wild right. times. Also, October 2020, that was just a whole different world that we lived in. So different. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was, And I remember exactly recording the episodes, too, because I was in the dark basement, and that's where I had this all <laughs> set up before. And I was still, like, nervous back then, had different, like, voice. I didn't know how to talk. <laughs> properly that was also that time in my life where i don't think i got out of pajamas for yeah months at a time like days i changed the pajama outfits from showering i was still bathing mind you (laughs) but there was no need to put on regular people clothes because i wouldn't leave the house it's crazy yeah just comfort clothes we were very comfortable starting the Disney Holic show. I will say yes. that, <laughs> and I think that helped. It helped with us to get into the the mood and the and the grind of the weekly podcast. So, two years. Congratulations to us, Jen. Yes, congratulations. Uh, so today Ooh. we talked about a lot. We talked about anniversaries way back when, past, present, and future, um, and then yeah, Disney One Hundred. So that's going to be a huge event next year. Absolutely. So thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed episode 105 of the Disney Holics Show. Follow us on social media at the Disney Holics. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at the Disneyholics.com. Okay, bye bye. Goodbye. Well, thank you for coming back and singing for us again. Let's hear it for Tony, Tony, Tony. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M-I-C. See you real soon. Why? Because we like you.
The Mickey Mouse Club is videotaped before a live audience at the Disney MGM Studios in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Man, I really want to go to Disneyland.